0: And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbour. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit
1: hear me is that okay yeah there are so many needs in the world and the things that are happening to kids and it's easy to become weary and I'm tempted to become weary and think it's just too hard give up I've been to Bayatas I've seen kids scavenging through rubbish dumps you can go to the next slide we'll see a photo of Pastor Alindo I've seen worse than that though in Indonesia I've seen kids literally living on rubbish dumps in unspeakable filth and you think to yourself what can I do What can I do? I'm just one person in Australia. Well, perhaps you can help rescue one child. God's not telling us to change the world, that's his job. But he is asking us to be faithful stewards of the things that he has blessed us with. Now, the idea of rescuing one child, that shouldn't be an alien concept for us as Christians. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's because you've been rescued, you've been delivered. You've been delivered from death, from sin, from the devil... Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see this in Galatians chapter 1. Grace and peace to you. Oh, and I better turn my timer on because I'll get to Wall Street really late. Sorry. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we've been rescued. And we haven't been rescued to go sit in the corner and wait for wait the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been rescued to be, well, in 1 Corinthians 3, we're described as God's co-workers. In Ephesians chapter 2, we read: It's by grace we've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Wow, that's a beautiful description of Christians. You are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, I'm not going to look at those verses today, uh, the, all of the verses we read from Galatians, but I'm going to focus in on four Greek letters and the word good. What are good works? I want to consider that a little bit more from um, Galatians and from elsewhere. But we've been rescued. We've been rescued from this horrific thing that is destroying the world, and it's called unbelief. From Adam and Eve to now, when people don't believe in what God says, it leads to destruction. We've been rescued from that. So what are these good works that we're supposed to walk in? Well, let's see what the apostles did. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. We see there are two groups of apostles. One group takes the gospel message to the Jewish people. One group takes the gospel message to Gentiles, people like me. One message for all of humanity for all time. You can only be saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And did you see that both groups had another thing in common? They wanted to care for the poor. Paul says, I was eager to remember the poor. And I think it's a strange phrase, isn't it, remembering the poor? Because we can forget the poor. Or we can be slow to remember the poor one of the great things that Compassion's done for me and my family, it's enabled us to remember the poor, and not just broadly the poor people in the world, but individuals. This is Panyakorn with my daughter Julia. We met him on a trip in 2017. His mum had died a couple of years earlier, and it was just his dad trying to care for him. So compassion, well, not really compassion, the partner church of compassion, because Compassion's not about compassion. It's about churches. It's about equipping churches to find the poorest people in their community and to make a difference in the lives of vulnerable kids. So my son Nathaniel sponsored Panyacorn. We pray for him, and Nathaniel writes him letters. It's been a really wonderful experience. We went back in 2018 on a trip with... If we can just go back one slide. Yeah, he had grown in 18 months. I went back in 2018 on a trip with Asheville Presbyterian. Um, He was doing well at school. Behaviourally, he was doing well at school. He had a lot of behavioural issues when he began. He was growing big and strong. But another amazing thing... Uh, happened on that trip in 2018 his dad came to church he's a slide of one of the songs I was singing he had never been to church before and I said would you like to come to church tomorrow we hear about the promises that your son is hearing at the project he's like no 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 I'm Buddhist I'm not going to come but he did come it was a really wonderful experience having him in the church I haven't got time to tell you the story about how he was greeted but he was so beautifully greeted by the church community there Well, we sent $100 as a family gift. So to sponsor a child, it costs $48 a month. But you can send family gifts in addition to that if you want to. So we sent $100. And if you do send a family gift, 100% of the value of that will reach the family. And he started a hairdressing business with that $100. So $100 doesn't go that far in Australia. Probably buys 10 bubble teas. But he started a hairdressing business. So instead of being on construction sites a long way from home, he wanted to be at home with his son. So he was cutting the hair of people in the neighbourhood. My daughter Penelope, in the next slide, sent $100 to Abraham, and he bought a bed. We see in the letter, um, with $100, he bought sandals and a bed. And he says, all this time, I've been sleeping on the floor. We had visited him. We didn't even realise that he was sleeping on the floor. He'd never slept in a bed before. We went back in January 2020, Panyakorn was doing well. You can see in the photo, he's put on some weight and he wrote in a letter, I'd like you to bring me a stuffed kangaroo when you come to visit me. So we got him a toy kangaroo, which was really wonderful. It was 17 magnificent days for my family. We, um, 17 days, we went to Thailand, then we went to Indonesia. We met five of the kids that we sponsor on that trip and we saw that they're all doing really well. But we also found out something else that I probably would not have found out unless I'd been on a trip. This is Pastor Sombat. He's a pastor of a church that cares for 500 of the poorest kids in that community in Thailand. He told me, after you visited in 2018, I went back to Panyakorn's dad again and again. And I kept sharing the promises of Jesus, and now he's a Christian. So we praise God that we were just faithful in the life of one little child, but God was multiplying that generosity beautifully. And it brought us joy, but it also brought Pastor Sombat joy as well. Because he himself was a very poor child and he himself was a compassion sponsor child and now he's pastoring a church caring for 500 of the most vulnerable kids in the community and so he and his wife have this wonderful ministry together and half of the Christians in his church became Christians through compassion sponsorship program because simple everyday Christians like us were eager to remember the poor and God just multiplied the outcomes just as CJ said, it is a ripple effect It's a common story for compassion to see these great outcomes, but I don't want to pretend it's a silver bullet that defeats poverty. Kids still go through challenges, spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, cognitive. It is difficult in the developing world if you're a child. Um, But there has been independent research showing that outcomes are very different for compassion kids. There's a synopsis of it in uh, Christianity Today, if you want to check it out. It talks about kids who grow up in Compassion's programs being far more likely to be in church leadership and far more likely to be community leaders. Now, if you want to track that through and go into the econometric research, you can go to the Journal of Political Economy, Google Journal of Political Economy and Compassion, you'll find that they find large statistically significant impacts on years of schooling, primary, secondary, and tertiary, and the probability and quality of employment and it's partly due to increases in aspirations, which is hope. So, if you want to check this out, it's a peer-reviewed, it's peer-reviewed research, and it talks about hope, and it talks about educational outcomes, and it talks about vocational outcomes. Here's a, a message from one of the kids that my family sponsors in the Philippines or had sponsored in the Philippines. She recently graduated with high distinction in a teaching degree. She's going to be a Christian school teacher in the Philippines and make a difference. So, these outcomes are fantastic. But what wasn't in the study? Well, spiritual outcomes weren't in the study. Because it was just looking at life outcomes for kids, not even considering the best outcome that many of these children will become Christians and many of their family members will become Christians. As we're reminded by Jesus in the next slide, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Spiritual outcomes. People coming into the kingdom of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is one of the most wonderful things that happens through Compassion's ministry, simply because people like us have been eager to remember the poor. In fact, the church being built by Jesus Christ has been eager to remember the poor for 2,000 years. It wasn't just the early apostles, it's Christians all over the world now as well. Christians and churches are salt and light, and they're bringing God's transformation in our broken world. Let's go from Galatians chapter 1 and 2, and let's jump to Galatians chapter 6 to hear more from God about what doing good is, because I said we'd investigate that. So I'm going to reread verses 9 and 10. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, why have I got Greek words up? Well, I'm Greek, and I didn't speak English until I went to kindergarten. And I often find myself still thinking in Greek, and Greek is a beautiful descriptive language. English is a beautiful language too, but the New Testament's written in Greek. And so, when I notice some differences in words, I ask myself the question: Why is the Greek word different to the English word, or what I think is, I think is different? Let me let me explain what I mean in the next slide. Let us not grow weary of doing good. And there's a Greek word, kalon, and that's the big picture picture word for good. So, you know, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it's that kind of good. But then in verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Oh, sorry, if we can just go back one. Let us do good to everyone. That's a more specific word. That's a more specific word. So I want to see why there's a difference. In English, it's good in both verses, but in Greek, different types of good. So what type of good is it? Well, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, you know, the guy runs to his feet, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Well, that's provocative for a couple of reasons. Jesus is being provocative, isn't he? But if no one is good except God alone, how can we do good? Can you see the same root word there? How can we do that same good that is from the character of God? We'll explore that in a minute. But I want to tell you what I think that Greek word means. Here's a photo of me and my mum when I was a little boy in the late 60s outside um, Bourke Street Congregational Church in Surrey Hills. And she taught me to pray a little prayer when I was a little boy, thanking the agathos God of the universe, the good, the generous God of the universe. So I think it's good with a focus on the generosity of God, the provision of God. And she taught me to pray to the agathos God of the universe, and thanking him for all the agatha that he gave me. I had food to eat. I had water to drink. I had a school to go to. I had family. I had so much. And God is incredibly generous, isn't he? Let's just think about it for a minute. God has give, I'm, I've been alive for 59 years. I didn't do anything to deserve that. I didn't ask for that, but God has generously given me life. I have being, I exist. You know, we should wake up in the morning and say to ourselves... God has given me another day. But probably none of us do that. I usually make my wife and I coffee and that's how my day starts and eventually it kicks in and then I come out of the fog. But God is incredibly generous. Every breath that we have is from God. Every heartbeat that we have is from God. All good things are from God. God is good. God is generous. God is generous. So I think it is a word a type of goodness explaining God's divine generosity that we've all benefited from, because we all exist. And in fact, if you're a Christian, you've been created for immortality. Through faith in Jesus, we will live forever with Jesus in indescribable riches because of God's incredible generosity. So if only God is good, though, because we're sinners saved by grace. If only God is good, how, to, how can we also do that same sort of good ...that God has as part of his nature. We're told in the Bible, it's because we are in Christ. We belong to Jesus. We we have union with Christ. Through faith in him, our destiny is bound up with him. On the day of judgment, we will shelter in him... ...because his righteousness will cover us. He has made us clean through his blood. We We are his people. We belong to him. And he is the one who the New Testament writers tell us again and again had compassion everywhere he went and he acted. And so we too are able to live our lives of compassion. But we're also indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches when you believe in Jesus, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells you. And in fact, in Galatians chapter 5, we see the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Ah, there is that word again. I think the NRSV probably, I don't want to undermine your confidence in the ESV, it's a great translation, but I think the NRSV probably gets it right here, and most of the translations actually have goodness, but I think it's generosity, and other, some other translations also have generosity. So we're able to live generous lives by being in Christ and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So how do we direct this divine generosity? Well, by doing good to all people, as it says there. Let us do good to all people. That's what Compassion's ministry does. Here's another photo of Pastor Sombat. When there was a military dictatorship taking over Myanmar, people were fleeing into Thailand in huge numbers. And if you're anyone in the developing world, Christian or non-Christian, you know if you need help, you need to go to a church because the church will help you. And Compassion's partner churches are dotted all up and down the Burmese border. And they were flooding in to Thailand, into our churches. And the churches were caring for them, but they also brought with them the Delta variant of COVID. And many parents and many kids got sick. And in Pastor Sombat's church, of the 500 kids, 100 of them had to be hospitalised. But they also received the best hospital treatment. They all survived, thankfully. They received the best hospital treatment because of Compassion sponsor kids. It wasn't just the Christian kids that went to hospital, was it? We don't just do good to Christians. Compassion does good to all people, whether the parents are witch doctors or whether they're in the drug trade, the illegal drug trade. Do good to all people. Pastor Sombat does good to all the kids, whether they're Buddhist kids or Christian kids. And you can be generous and do good to all kids around the world too through sponsorship. In the next slide, you'll see a photo of Indonesia. No, it's not a photo of Indonesia, it's a map. There is a photo from Indonesia, one of our trips. That was in 2018. Compassion does good to lots of Muslim kids, um, to parents, to kids whose parents are animists, whatever. And you've got that opportunity through child sponsorship today as well. So I'm going to have to leave after this talk, but Jono, there's Jono, and my wife Cassandra and my son Nathaniel will help you through that sponsorship program, we've got profiles of kids from NIAS. Now the reason for that is because Wild Street had mission interests in NIAS, now Wild Street has mission interests in Bandung, and some kids are already sponsored in NIAS. And I kind of thought, I'll just bring kids profiles from NIAS. It's a really poor part of Indonesia. Uh, Malnourishment is a big problem for those kids. They've got poor access to educational facilities. But the churches are growing really strongly in EAS. So how can you sponsor a child in EAS? And we also have profiles of kids from other places in the world. You can just take a profile from the table in the hall next door and take it home and pray about it. And you've got until the 9th of October. There's a QR code on the back. You hover on the QR code and you can sponsor that child. That child's face will come up. And you've got until the 9th of October. If God makes it evident to you that it's something you should do, do your own research, then uh, please sponsor a child. Let us do good to all people, to all vulnerable kids all over the world. But wait, did I get something wrong? Because you look at the next part of the verse and it says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I love how the ESV has got household of faith. It's a beautiful picture because other translations have family, but household is literally the best translation. And it's a beautiful picture of the big worldwide global church. We are one big worldwide global church, one in Christ, brothers and sisters all over the world. We are one household. So should we do good especially to those people? Well, I can be a bit controversial. You don't have to invite me back. But I don't think that's a good translation. And most of the the translations, the English translations, have especially. kind of gives the idea of do lots of good to Christians and if you get a bit of time and energy left over, maybe you can help some non-Christians too. It's, I think that word is probably best translated as certainly. Do good to everyone and certainly to those who are of the household of faith. I remember my dad when he was alive, he would use that Greek word malista. It just means certainly. So what God is saying to us here today is, you Christians, you know that you're going to look out for each other. I've told you throughout the New Testament to love each other. So do good to all people, and of course you know you're going to do good to each other as well. So it's doing good to everyone. And certain, compassion certainly does do good to those who are of the household of faith. This is my son, Marky. He sponsored Geraswanda early in 2014. And this is Marky uh, visiting Geraswanda in 2018. In the next slide, he lives at the base of that volcano. And that's Nathaniel, a little bit younger. You remember that, Nathaniel? And then this is us again in 2020 visiting Geraswanda. This is in the next slide, uh, in 2020. And this is my family with Geraswanda's family in the next slide. How are we doing good to the household of faith in that community? That church has grown a lot through child sponsorship. The church workers there, when I visit, they tell me, we're praying for you all the time. We are co-workers together with you. You're helping us care for the kids in our community and we're able to share the gospel with more and more families through the support of sponsors. And you're also helping vulnerable kids survive. Just simply day-to-day survival. And you're also helping kids to be protected. Compassion is a global leader in child protection and sadly that has to be the case and we have to get we have to raise those standards more and more as we see all sorts of evil creeping into the world, particularly during COVID, where the exploitation of kids online is up 1,000% in the last four years. The next church, uh, a photo of, of kids at the next church, they go to that church every day. So you think, Indonesia, kids have got plenty of food. No, malnutrition rates are very high in some of the poorest places. So at this church, one of the wonderful churches Cassandra and I visited and their kids visited, The kids go there to eat every day. And they also hear about Jesus every day. And they sing songs praising Jesus every day. So finally, third last slide, when should we do good? Well, it says in due season. And see that word there, that root word in Greek, season and opportunity? Well, in this case, I think the word should just be time. With the life that God has given you, while you have time... While you're alive on earth, do good to all people while you have time. And it has been a very difficult time in the developing world over the past few years. So it is actually also an amazing time to bring blessing, to bring God's blessing. There is a global food crisis now. You probably haven't seen it or heard about it in the news because our media doesn't tell you too much about the global food crisis. But it is a challenging time to be alive in the developing world. And yet, in Christ's power, his church is bringing enormous blessing in the lives of vulnerable people. These churches, they haven't grown weary of doing good. They persist. It's just part of their DNA. And we've got the amazing privilege of partnering with them. I think I'd better leave it there and go off to Wild Street. Let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not grow weary. He lived that perfect life that we should have lived, but none of us have lived. And he had compassion on everyone. And he had compassion on us as well, because he went to the cross. He had the ultimate compassion. He paid for our sins. And he also defeated death for us. And he did so much good, he gave everything. He didn't leave anything. He gave up his whole life so that we can have eternal life with you. Father, encourage and inspire all of us in here today to consider ways that we can do good, to each other as a church community, in our community in Sydney and all over the world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.